back. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's John and Danny. Starting talking when the curtains open right away, because this week I didn't get a reminder, which I don't need. Hey guys, how's it going tonight? Evan Valdyke from the Sepulcher of Heroes blog and Fame 40k meme share on the boomer town known as Facebook is coming here to look back at the last week in the Warhammer community with us. My name is John, and it's pretty grim after dark. See, Val, I kept that in too. Uh, my co-host today uh, needs some introduction. He is the current uh, rating best. And yes, chat, thank you. You need applause sounds as soon as the curtain opens because none of you cheer for me. Uh, my co-host tonight needs some introduction. He is the current reigning, defending, best general of the Tau Tipping Tournament. It's Danny McDevitt. Please clap. Please clap. Hey, John. Uh, thanks for that introduction. It was stellar. Um, I'm really excited to be here tonight. Yeah. And I just like I let you know, Chad is actually saying the word cheer, uh, which I'm assuming is, is how people would cheer uh, over time. Guys, all right. Let's let's hold up for a second. John's head literally physically cannot get any bigger <laughs> than it already is. So if you clap for him, it's just going to make everything so much worse. He's already hard to fit into screen here. No fault. Tyler can fix it in post. My head is fine. Uh, Danny, <laughs> so much news from last week. Uh, what are you excited to talk about today? Oh, my John, there's so much stuff going on. I mean, we had the data slate. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're building up. What did we have last week? Yeah, the data slate. Yeah, uh, that's right. Danny, tonight we get to talk about the data slate. We get to talk about competitive, competitive onion selling. Uh, we dive into our comments section, and Evan's oh, no. going to share some of his favorite creations from his blog. It's only two comments this week, ones that I felt really kind of encapsulated what we're about. Okay. Um, neither negative or positive, just kind of there. Um, well, let's waste no more time. Uh, Danny, go ahead and introduce this week's guest, who's going to help us go through the community. All right, guys. You may know him um, from uh, his blog, uh, Sepulchre of Heroes. Uh, or uh, you may know him from uh, his podcast, Allies of Inconvenience. Um, he uh, he memes, he dreams, he wears an orange cream jersey. We have on tonight, Evan Valdyke. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for having yeah. me. I'm excited yeah. to be here. I'm Heck excited yeah. that no one else heard the applause, but our producer is now giving us applause in our ear. <laughs> Oh, they oh, did? They did? Oh, man. Look, Great. we opened mic channels and everything for that. An audience of one, therefore doubling our channel. Um, <laughs> guys, Evan, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Tonight, we're going to start uh, with one of your memes here, because we have reports on another leak. Uh, this time, some Chaos Night leaks are happening. And Evan, you posted this meme a while ago. Knights uh, <laughs> are like null oil. Uh, they make up for lack of skill. Um, Evan, have you seen any of the Chaos Night leaks or things that are uh, coming out for that army? I've seen uh, the Warhammer community post, and I think that was that was enough. <laughs> just, just, like it was a joke in our chat, our local chat, that knights will get transhuman. Like that'll never happen. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, knights get transhuman. That's cool. <laughs> to be fair, they do have to kill things first, and that's sometimes hard for a giant walking god machine. Um, what do you personally want to see from the Chaos Knights Army? Uh, what I want to see from the Chaos Knights Army, um, I guess for them to be uh, 
push to be more aggressive in your face as opposed to Imperial. I hope Imperial's a little bit more defensive shooting. Um, I want Chaos Knights to be charging up, punching things like Chaos should. You know, Dread Claws eat things. I want I want Chaos Knights to, to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Danny, for 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 some specific reason, I'm not going to ask you uh, what yeah, you would like fair. to see from Chaos Knights, um, but I will share that the community is concerned um, with, with some of the news that's come out, and some have already written it off. But I did want to share this offer. Uh, this gentleman here said that the leaks depress him so much he can't even motivate himself to motivate himself to build paint uh, his knights um because they didn't have damage reduction i'm going to make this open offer to you the loyal view and listening audience of grim after dark um i will buy your chaos knights if you hate them because of this leak sell them to me i'm going to give you like a really low price you'll make the space um absolutely sell me all your chaos knights for like pennies on the dollar that's about the only fair offer that i yeah, can john make. you're very altruistic and this this guy also isn't totally making a snap reaction that uh you know he's seen obviously the whole book so he knows right yeah, exactly. And I will buy his knights uh, because I want to support snap reactions. Yeah, uh, good job. Free up, yeah, it means they can free up space for your new data slate enhanced army. And guys, some armies received the nerf hammer, uh, where others like Custodes received the nerf nuclear bomb. Um, <laughs> and while many are happy about it, this guy was maybe happy for the wrong reasons here. As we find out, it says here, uh, custodies in the lore and pretty much 99.99999% of the books would never field an army light years from Terra to attack orcs. WTF, LOL, custodes should be 300 points a model. It must, oh. at most, five custodies might show up somewhere to do a hit. How is one custodies the cost of 10 gourds, uh, men, when in canon they would cost 100,000 times a gourds man to field? Ooh, that was a wordy smith there. Uh, Danny? What are your views uh, on custodies as a separate army? The fuck are orcs with a C? <laughs> <laughs> well, a while ago there was this old game called Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I don't know if you know about it. I've no, never heard of it before. For a while. I don't, they don't know anything about it. No one, no one's really played it in a long time. And orcs there is spelled with a C. And J.R.R. Tolkien's rolling over in his grave. As, oh man, as you're talking. <laughs> 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 um evan so like custodies were were historically like this guy's pointing out here a station on earth all they did was kind of like knit uh they learned how to paint they wrote poems i'm not even joking that's kind of what custodies did they they worked out in the gym and wrote poetry um are you were you happy of this change in the lore where they kind of went out from Terra and became like the 37th army gw's got for 40k uh i i I like them being available in the game. Um, other than the fact it leaves Grey Knights kind of in a place of what, what do we do now as an elite army? But um, <laughs> no, I the retcon in the fluff is is fine to me. I I have no problem with it. It's Warhammer 40k. It's made up future historical fiction. It can be whatever <laughs> we want it to be. <laughs> uh, Danny, what is the most erroneous change they've made to, to the history of 40k to you where you're just really upset about it? Or as upset as you can be at something? Um, well, I'm really disappointed that the Emperor isn't the disembodied souls of 13 Turkish shamans. <laughs> what's the story? He is. <laughs> if you kill him, he's the star child, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, terrible. But yeah, so so this guy obviously very unhappy that custodians are uh, an army unto themselves, and we have kind of a lot of uh, old guard who are kind of safeguarding the history to make sure it never changes or improves, and we're reading the same book over and over and over again. Um, probably uh, written by someone not great, because uh, you know Ian Watson, Space Marine, the best book that they've ever written. Uh, oh, <laughs> I have that. I know I have it. No, I have it behind me somewhere here too. No. <laughs> Next week's episode is just us reading select passages. That's awful. Um, what? <laughs> another big change here is the Imperial Guard received a ton of buffs. Like whatever the nuclear, like the opposite of a nuclear bomb is, Wait. guard gum. A ton? A ton is one? They got two, <laughs> two or three, right? No, they got one thing. So, well, well, Daddy, take us away. What are some of the changes that they made? Guard guard units auto-wound on, six, uh, on sixes to hits. <laughs> uh, which oh, you guys might man. not be able to see. Uh, Danny is seeing a meme here that says, run two giant night war machines uh, saying, run, they have last guns, save yourself. Uh, because now, now last guns wound on sixes. Um, so that's a hit. I have a quibble with this meme. It's not to scale. <laughs> no, it isn't. The, the, the war, the war is the warlord way smaller than, than the. Yeah. Did you make this? <laughs> no, this is not one of mine. <laughs> All right. It was shared with me, and that was like my instant eye twitch. Was like the scale, <laughs> the scale. I, I'm glad we have the same I'm reaction. A, Thank I'm you very a, much, Evan. I'm a professional Evan. here. I, yeah, okay. I, I know. You know what? My mistake for calling into question your integrity with memes. That's, that's my bad. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> oh, man. But but no, more buffs, as Chad's pointing out. Uh, war gear upgrades versus the squads are free now. Oh, that's okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Fine. You got me. Indirect it's fire. One thing, John. It was two thing, which is two things, which is a million things. Three things. What's indirect the fire thing? is indirect fire is better no, in guard. That's not a buff though. That's just they miss the nerf. <laughs> <laughs> um so is this gonna be enough though, Evan, to, to kind of make them a top tier army? Because before guard were languishing, if there was a bottom of the pile for competitive 40k, uh Imperial Guard were kind of standing somewhere off to the side where they could just see it. Uh, is this going to be enough to pull them up, do you think? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I have a guard army, but it's unfortunately consists of, I, I own uh, 80 converted Death Riders. So that's, uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't get any any bonuses. And, Amazing. Uh, <laughs> but I, they'll be annoying, and I think they, they'll be the most annoying, though, to Marine players who won't be able to kill enough of them. <laughs> Meanwhile, other people are just... I'm like, what's 10 guardsmen, right? Just will. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, what's your take on this here? Is this enough to, to raise guard out of the ashes of uh, the edition? No. Well, I mean, like, look, it's going to take a little bit more than this. I, I think they're decent uh, now. I don't think they're good. Um, oh, man, did you see that? I moved to space and time behind me. It was very impressive. <laughs> um <laughs> You were communing with right 12, 12 shamans uh, to, yeah. to figure out your take on guard. We had to coalesce and become one bean of pure energy. <laughs> and that bean? We determined sixes to hit auto-wounding was not quite enough. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I'm sure Chaos Knights will get a similar power in a week and a half. I'm sure, yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> um, Wait, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we can all, the important thing to remember is that regardless of what happened, we can always be reminded of that this next person's comment as being true. Um, well, nothing happened to the top three armies. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Guys, uh, I'm going to start here with Danny, moving on to you afterwards, De uh, Evan. What were the top three armies post-data slate uh, now? Because before you would say kind of the top three were like Harlequins, Custodes, mm -hmm. um, maybe Eldari in that makes there oh, too. interesting. Or, or what would you put as pre-data slate top three? Oh, yeah. So clearly this is still Drukhari, Death Guard, and White Scars meta. So uh, we're totally good, guys. Yeah, Death Guard won a GT. Good job, Aiden. Um, in the UK here, but now, sort of, Evan, post Data Slate, uh, what do you see as being kind of the top three armies in the meta? I, the, the, like you said, nothing, nothing happened to them, right? We're going to see custom <laughs> rolling over, rolling over everyone, right? No, uh, no, it's definitely going to be uh, going back to some Death Guard, I think, and stuff. But um, I think. Um, Craft Worlds will still be up there. Uh, maybe not just Harlequins, but I think everybody was ignoring what Craft Worlds could do to play with Harlequins, and now they're going to go back and look at what Craft Worlds can actually do. Uh, and then probably Drukari. I think the best thing I saw from it was like some people saying like kind of Harlequins were like a little smoke bomb for Craft Worlds. So like, hey, look how overpowered this is. Nerf this. Yeah. Oh, thank God you fixed our entire book. So back to the, the Aldari here. Uh, let's kind of move on for real uh, though because yeah because yeah. aldari is for super real. good and then the Tyranids. feedback i'm seeing from people um about the harlequin nerfs and like the the huge increase in price for the void weavers is a very depressing guess i'll just take six so um but danny tyranids you're saying they're going to be uh top of the meta here for a little bit yeah well until the next balance patch like <laughs> I don't see other how you unseat them. They're ridiculous. Uh, and Eldari, as Evan mentioned, I think is a great maybe counterplay, but I don't think they can hold up. And then meanwhile, like everyone else is like in B tier, maybe with some stuff in C tier, like Chaos Space Marines, maybe Guard or something like that. But like there's, it's like the middle is hugely expanded and the top has like detracted a bit. I was saying in a, one of my chats, I don't think, I don't know how much the tiers, the tiers have compressed. I don't know how many people moved on it except custodes down and guardsmen up, but I don't think a lot of people jumped around. I think Marines may have shuffled around which chapter's better, but I don't know. Yeah, Salamander's no better than Black Templars now, but pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Armor of Contempt, surprise rule, a super good one. Hopefully that gives the Marines the buff they need for the next couple of months before the brand new Codex undoubtedly comes out um, a month after Chaos Space Marines. Uh, and it will be considerably better uh, for, for reasons. It's going to keep it going. Uh, Games Workshop isn't actually fueled on money. It's fueled on the salt of players. Um, so moving on to a perennial favorite, uh, <laughs> we're going to look through our comment section and we're going to start with this feedback here. Uh, Danny, Guys, said, guys, I only watch your show for the Seinfeld memes. Um, so the only thing I can do is to have Danny use his encyclopedic Seinfeld knowledge that. to help us out with this next grimdark Seinfeld meme. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah, and if uh, 
Dickie could move that up a little bit to read the little comment at the bottom there. That, oh, that, there's a comment. Sorry, that's, thank that's you. The crux of the the crux. Okay, the crux of the joke is this is the the Danny. Why don't you explain what this meme is here? Well, John, this is a picture of the soup Nazi um, from the soup Nazi episode of Seinfeld, in which uh, Jerry is denied uh, a bowl of soup due to his rude, well, due to his complaining in line because the line is so long. Um, maybe it's Kramer. I don't know. I don't remember this episode very well, I'm uh, despite it being one of the most famous episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that meme actually said no Seinfeld for you. So how do you feel about promoting nice. a meme while not promoting Seinfeld while promoting Seinfeld? John, I didn't promote this episode of Seinfeld whatsoever. I think I think it's over overused and kind of cliche now. Um, I'm over it. I'm over it. I do like chat uh, correcting you that said it was Elaine and not Jerry. Uh, oh, so my you're not alone. Uh, sorry, Joel. Uh, my bad. My bad. Um, I didn't do any research on this one. Um, normally I do. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, really. Do you? Okay. So it's going to destroy my entire opinion of this segment if I find out that you don't have this encyclopedic Seinfeld brain that just has like minutiae detail of every episode. And then you just Google it real quick before we go on. <laughs> Damn, that's cold. Uh, <laughs> hey, we made a subtle change last week to our set, and we received this complaint. The real controversy, where's John's fake microphone? <laughs> Amazing. Is Amazing. It like, uh, was it like the one Putin used for his hand? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a real microphone, uh, but it is not actually plugged into anything. And it has sat lovingly on this fake desk uh, for many an episode until superstar producer and creative director Val uh, let us know that the scaling caused issues because yep. it looked like I had a giant microphone in front of me. Uh, as you can see, the people have spoken. There's a meme <laughs> up, John. <laughs> <laughs> as you can see, the people, it's here. It's right here. I just uh, the the what's nice is that the live audience right now is getting the same experience that the the podcast listeners get of not knowing what the hell is going on, like sixty to seventy percent of the time. Oh my god! Oh, but yeah, here's a fake microphone. It's back. Uh, this is the only change I will make that is crowdsourced. Uh, on the licensing front, guys, uh, Warhammer is teaming up with Panini, uh, makers of one of the most satisfying parts of my childhood. The Scottish Premier Division sticker book uh, from 1995 uh, to produce a new sticker-based book on the Warhammer 40,000 universe. Uh, guys, uh, Danny, Evan, I'm going to ask you, were sticker books a thing in America here in, in your guys' youth? Or is that kind of a uniquely non-American thing? For uh, girls. <laughs> I don't I don't remember having like a lot of sticker books or themed sticker books. I remember like in birthday party handouts like a little flip book that two or three pages of like dinosaurs or rocket ships or something yeah, sure. like that's when you're like six years old and like stickers are life <laughs> oh man so like, i will say like i was most excited uh, about this uh, panini announcement because again like the, those football sticker books they would have like the different teams you're trying to collect, like i have like 37 billy dodd stickers because he was everywhere um, but the idea is like you fill it up and then like that was the hobby thing. And I think it's crazy that like it's not a thing over here. Um, what sort of things moving away from that? Because I assumed it wasn't a huge thing over there. What kind of collectibles do you guys want to see Games Workshop move into? Sticker books, obviously something very uh, British 
very kind of respected over there. What do you, starting you with you, Evan, do you want to see as a kind of a collectible for GW to get into? Uh, oh, you had to start Ooh. with me. Um, I, I think the Joy Toy stuff they've been moving into is very popular. The, the All the action figures kind of thing. People love Joy Toys. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Bring lots of pleasure. Uh, I, I'm surprised they haven't tried to team up with Bandai and make some sort oh, of like man. Gunpla type Space Marine. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. would be, uh, I'm sure people would be all over those. <laughs> Lick my toe on Twitch like says, like uh, their joy toys, right? They'd be all over them like their joy toys. Sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> all right. So let me respond to this, this one by Zip Zap Rap. So, first of all, I really appreciate this devastating Dave the Turntable Slave reference, and uh, I'm all I'm all about it. He says they are American, so guns. <laughs> and great suggestion. That was going to be my first one. Absolutely. Uh, like this is my <laughs> Imperial Fist nine millimeter. It's got a special funny. yellow thing with a red magazine. It's really important <laughs> that you get the double eagle over as many guns as you possibly can, so that you can show. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, prototype no, I flatware, John. Flatware, like like maybe some plates. <laughs> like a decorative plate set like for a coronation <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, this is my dinner it. plate this is my dinner plate celebrating the dark imperium release we can yeah. see some chaos versus some uh imperium right here clean your pa clean your plate to get this excellent image of the death guard codex to celebrate the release of that because nothing's <laughs> more appetizing after finishing your pot roast than some putrefaction on your plate. Um. <laughs> and then uh, tell you the War Mistress in Twitch chat, uh, letting us know that the ultimate thing, a Tamagotchi. Uh, could you imagine, uh, Evan, that you, you wake your day to find that your Primarch Tamagotchi, like Mortarian, is just being screaming that he needs fed and cleaned again. He needs a um, I, I want nerglings, man. I want a little nergling <laughs> hanging off me. <laughs> Hell Yeah. You too can be like the emperor and have eighteen separate Tamagotchis that you can ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Cast you know, the galaxy, and just like the emperor, you can lose them. Just like most people lost all their Tamagotchis at one point, right? I don't like GW lost the RIP. That's a callback. I bought oh. it back in there. Um, but yeah, uh, and then I think actually that's a pretty good description of the like power level discrepancy between the emperor and the, the primarchs. Because the emperor is you. And the Primax are a Tamagotchi you choose to let survive until you get bored. Um, so amazing. Perfect. Just as long Perfect. as nine of them. Just like Engron. Burn you down, yeah. burn down your house. Yeah, they do. They do. But they can try. But again, you, you're a person. It's just a stupid Tamagotchi. Why am I worried about you? But then you get really sad when the Sanguinous Tamagotchi gets killed by someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, hey, everyone in the Warhammer community is a business. Uh, everyone in the Warhammer community is, is a business and financial genius, including uh, the main producer of this show. Uh, and a random person shared this genius knowledge. The price increase has nothing to do with Ukraine war or inflation, but about GW coping with the massive loss from Warhammer Plus. Um, Evan? As sort of the guest here, well, what's your thoughts on Warhammer Plus so far? I mean, everyone says it's a failure, but you have a bunch of people who gave 60 bucks uh, to get a bunch of animations they already made uh, and a, a miniature that cost them like 10 bucks to make. 
<laughs> hey man, uh, I'm sixty bucks poor, so <laughs> uh, the the real value is in the in the vault, man. So I could get those old white dwarfs that I'll probably never read still. So <laughs> everything I like that. My my hoarding habit now is digital. So like when my <laughs> wife asks if I have to, can you throw away these old white dwarfs? No, I might read them later. Now it's all like within a, a tablet or something like that. Uh, have you had the chance to check out any of the shows on there? Yeah, no, uh, I think some of the shows are are great. Um, I don't. I just hope it gets better. Obviously, like everyone does, and gets mm-hmm. more content. But I I throw away sixty bucks on a piece of plastic that I haven't painted for at least ten years. I can I can throw away sixty bucks to at least watch a show once a week all year. Yeah. For sure. And like, I don't know if you guys saw the latest Hammer and Bolter that came out a few weeks ago with the Death Guard. Uh, that was amazing. Like, we're, we're getting very atmospheric things, little snippets of the galaxy here. Fingers crossed there's some Hammer there for those Age of Sigmar players. No. Uh, no, not at all. And then uh, War Polar coming in strong in the chat here saying, as a Custodes player, I disagree with the title of this stream. That's because it's awful clickbait and I'm a terrible person. Warhammer 40,000 is not fixed. Um, but we did answer the question, making it not clickbait anymore. Um, so is though, Evan, Warhammer Plus like a massive loss for GW? Is it something that they shouldn't be happy about? I don't know about that. I know, uh, I know GW isn't coping by, uh, raising my gas prices. So I don't know about what that guy was <laughs> talking about. Thanks GW. But, uh, I did that. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I'm sure it hasn't turned a profit yet. Uh, I, but I don't know if they're making their, their markers. They're probably a little behind just cause the, the, the community runs off salt and there is a, there's a lot of salt against it. When people, I, it's not so much Warhammer plus, uh, it's the anger at, uh, them telling YouTubers that they can't make their videos anymore. Yeah. How dare they tell YouTubers, Hey, uh, we'll pay you to make some videos, or could you not do that? And I'm like, you <laughs> bastards. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you? The rage, the rage is problem. real. <laughs> if only they left their uh, IP in a train. Uh, Daddy, what do you want to see for Warhammer Plus in the future? Because right now we have the lore shows, some painting shows that's expanded past, uh, past Just Louis. We have more people in there now. We have Hammer and Bolter, some limited series. What do you want to see? John, I want to see some fully interactive VR experience uh, things going on in Warhammer Plus. Like, let me uh, journey into an Inquisitor's torture chamber. Let me see what that's like. Uh, let me like explore uh, a Tyranid hive ship. Uh, let me go into uh, one of the sex dungeons of Kamora. I want to do all of that stuff, and I want it to all be part of Warhammer Plus. That, that is, yeah, yeah. I want to agree with the producer. That's one oddly specific, too. I think it's interesting. <laughs> you want to turn Warhammer Plus into, and the chat's exploding off of this, but you want to turn Warhammer <laughs> Plus into a real estate showing website where just a 3D camera walks through the room and shows you around the house. And of course, yeah, Gravy Jones, of course he'd save 40k VR porn. <laughs> <laughs> You have nothing else to expect. Evan, what do you want to see from Warhammer Plus? You paid your 60 bucks. You did to get to get your assassin model on a big head, but what do you actually want to see? I, I don't know. I mean the that Jukari sex dungeon sounds <laughs> sounds pretty uh pretty entertaining. 
Somewhere uh, in Washington, I, Paul, Paul Winter, Winter. Is sitting there, his ear has perked. Oh, oh man! Like what? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Oh, and it looks like Evan maybe his microphone got unplugged there. So oh, we're no. gonna get this back in here. Uh, well, let's. I mean, <laughs> while we're waiting for Evan to reset here, let's go down this rabbit hole of VR uh, 40k porn that, that Danny so desperately wanted to go down. Um, and, and Tyler, if you're wondering, you didn't have to bleep um, big titty things. There might be some bleeping coming up. Who knows? Like what is quite possibly the most boring VR location you could go to in the Warhammer universe? Oh, um. I don't know, like maybe a like a, a adeptus uh, or adeptus uh, administratum, like like scribe uh, room. That might be pretty, just like a fun. bureaucratic office with a computer. Yeah, it's just literally like a picture. Of, it's just a thing from the GW like main office, like you know, like those real estate cameras, right? <laughs> yeah, like you can just go in there and like their administrative office. It's fine. Lick my toe on Twitch saying, sitting in a draw pod, just waiting, not even deploying or going Ooh. planet side, just hanging out. <laughs> Evan, do we have you back? Oh, no. no. No, Evan's excited to go along the bottom settings of his screen to Mike and, and see if he can get that fixed there. Um, that's okay. Live tech support is oh. as much a part of this show as bad jokes is. Um, so if you go to... Uh, for our next thing here, this is, of course, if Warhammer Plus survives, we'll see this stuff in the future. Um, yeah. As the original commenter lets us know, uh, as, as Dickie, if you could pull this up here, he has an MBA from Harvard, uh, which is so misspelled a little bit. Uh, however, Harvard is just five miles south of the local Walmart. <laughs> Harvard with an ER, uh, famous for their business school, actually. Um, famous, yeah. Uh, they've they've uh, they've you know managed to uh, uh, get into power uh, many uh, a Dairy Queen uh, night manager. Um. <laughs> uh, boo. boo! We're trying, guys. Evan is we're, hilarious. We're funny. I'm so glad yeah. we have him on the show. This is we're going to get Evan back here as soon as he's yeah. got as soon every time he's going to keep screaming. So as soon as we hear screaming. Uh, because it's not from people listening, uh, we'll know, know to go here. Um, guys, and Evan, I want your opinion on this. So, gosh, I hope that we get this working here. Let's uh, move on to Decorum. Uh, this is a gentleman's game uh, for gentlemen and maybe some gentlewomen uh, by monsters who aren't aware of true balance. Um, let me see here. Oh, no. <laughs> the the uh, Here's a Reddit-style, am I the asshole question for you? Uh, yes. Someone here says... I was just in my gaming store on a non-miniatures day. I met a young man who wanted to play orcs, so I asked him if he knew how to wah. He replied by saying, wah. I informed him that if he was going to play orcs, he would have to learn to wah. Notice my restraint at only eight A's when my normal is between 15 to 21. Um, everyone within 40 feet, it's a big store, turned to look at me. 10 minutes later, the manager asked me to curb my enthusiasm as I started, as I startled someone across the store. I told him I was educating the youth. I kept inside the logical questions about discrimination against orcs. Evan, welcome back. Uh, boy, where to start with that thing here? Uh, should, what's your thoughts on, on people yelling why during their games with orcs? 
I think the last time I yelled uh, WOG at an event was like 2009 Games Day <laughs> in Atlanta. <laughs> and like, even then, like, people were turning their heads to the apocalypse table when they were telling us to. Um, so, in your local FLGS, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe danny uh, i think we have quite similar thoughts on, on the old why uh what, what's your thoughts on this here dude just don't like come on <laughs> you're a, i mean you're an adult like try and act like an adult sometimes i just it drives me crazy i think that the just they are represent the worst orc players um imaginable you know like i hear seth do it i'm sorry meth and every time I hear this person do a wah at like a big tournament, I'm just disappointed. He does one when we're playing tabletop simulator sometimes, and I just mute him. I mute him for like five minutes, and I'm just like, "Are you done now?" Okay, cool. Like we can move on. <laughs> I think uh, one though, uh, the, the old orc wah that's become so popular, uh, it's kind of handy because it tells you who to avoid uh, in, in <laughs> very early on. Um, and I think one of my, like I said, one of my favorite memories, uh, this is early days when I just sort of met you, uh, Danny, during like a team tournament. That's right, Tanya. Um, it's one of my favorite 40K stories. Me and the friend who got me back into 40K were playing Danny and his friend. They were both playing orcs. And his friend's like, should we wah now? And Danny looks over and he's like, no. <laughs> I think the, the wah is the audio equivalent of the guy uh, wearing the Commissar cosplay to the yeah. RTT. Yeah. yeah, that's it's the same same level yeah. cosplay. <laughs> yeah, you okay, totally only... don't have right wing stuff up in your house. I'm sure you just have to take one logo off of his jacket and add an Imperial Eagle to it. It's fine. I also um, have to say, I really appreciate how all of us have been pronouncing it with a silent GH. If I have to hear that hard G wah, like it's going to drive me up the wall. Well, so, would they yell wag at you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Haven't you ever heard that before? <laughs> no. That's so yeah. bad. They say wag. Oh, and then if you th I like to think if your opponent's wag is appropriate, then a Drakaria Slanesh O face is allowed. Absolutely. Dude, What's with all these office space references tonight? Now I have to watch a movie tonight. Um, here we go, guys. Uh, should the guy role play an orc in store and get offended when he's asked to stop? Evan. Uh, <laughs> if the store owner asks you to do anything, you should be glad he hasn't just asked you to leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever offense you have taken, if he hadn't asked you to leave, just accept it and move on with your life. <laughs> Yeah, to be yep. quite honest, if you're an orc player and the store owner hasn't asked you to leave, you should just respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I just want orc players to know that the nerfs and changes to buggies, the changes to indirects that have happened, every other nerf that orc codex has received is because you won't stop yelling wah at events. If you simply shut up, you would be like above Tyranids at this point. But they have to punish you. It's something that has to happen. <sighs> um, and guys, and chat, join in this too, because I want to hear your thoughts. But guys, which army has the worst fan base uh, in 40 Why are we answering the same question over and over Because, Daddy, you don't look like you're going to have a fun answer. Uh, but, Evan, who has the worst fan base in 40K? Uh, and if I have to see one more uh, big titty Tau... 
<laughs> like, yeah, we really. got a big titty reference <laughs> Naturally, that's, that's the that's pretty bad. I mean, but re- the real answer is whoever whoever's codex is the most recent, because just the amount of people complaining about it. That's it's such ever shifting, ever shifting. <laughs> Daddy, is that, I mean, you've played this game a while here. Is that kind of a recent thing here where the Codex comes out and instantly is just salt about how broken this book is and how terrible it is? Or is that kind of a newer thing? John, you don't, <laughs> don't quote the old magic to me. I was there when it was created. Like, look, it was that way in 7th edition. It was that way in 8th edition. Like, it's going to continue to be that way in 9th edition. People just, you know, they need to adapt. They need to adapt to the meta and be able to uh, uh, just, you know, these new books, they aren't that bad, really. Yeah, for sure. And chat's coming in strong here. Uh, Lots of loyal Grim After Dark listeners saying that the worst fan base is the 30K fan base. Very true. Very true. Even worse than the Orkwa. Uh, We have Ultramarines, Tau. And honestly, I think Ultramarines aren't the worst player base. I think people who don't like Ultramarines are the worst anti-player base. You take, um, and then uh, someone said Art of War. Good job, Dan Sammons. Uh, we, we like that there. Uh, coming in, rounding this out, we have the competitive 40k ITC discussion group. They have the answer to how to pay for the meta chasing you so sorely want to do sell onions. Uh, this unmoderated comment came through. Uh, anyone. Anyone willing to work a night shift from 6 p.m. to midnight, $35 an hour, transportation. <laughs> Guys, what, what are your thoughts on $35 an hour uh, for six hours oh. at midnight from people soliciting oh war gamers? Uh, well, John, first it's possums, and now it's taking night shifts at the onion factory. So, cool. I'm just glad it's into an advertisement space. It sure has. Evan, uh, what is the strangest way you've paid for miniatures that you're allowed to say? Uh, strangest way I've paid for miniatures? I, I don't know how many strange ways I've paid. Do I, I stick to usually just just money or trading <laughs> danny anything you've done for menus that isn't cash or trade i'm sorry can you repeat that again i was dying at that question what, what, what's the strangest way you pay for miniatures like have you made any deals that were kind of like not yeah. straight miniature swaps or cash sure um i would have to say yeah, it's, sure, doing, yeah. it's doing product reviews <laughs> Yeah, we'll take oh. your, your miniature in exchange for twelve hours of our time. I'll go. I'll go move onions for them. I'll, I'll take them up. Yeah, forty-five bucks an hour. That's uh, yeah. that's not too bad. And, that's and one kind of. At midnight, I just I'm already awake painting. I'll just go do that and, instead, and still be able to go to work next day. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. This, this that meme had layers, much like the onions you would be moving. <laughs> Um, but who cares 
I mean, that's a benefit, right? I mean, come on. Uh, guys, before we look through some of Evan's creations now, we have to take some out of time out of our show to remind you that uh, Cruise Hammer's coming. Uh, come join Frontline Gaming August 7th through 14th for Cruise Hammer. It's going to be an epic gaming event through the Caribbean on a seven-night cruise with a fun gaming tournament and fun time with family, friends, and adventure. There's both an invitational tournament and an open event. Sign up today. And just as a reminder... Uh, while at sea, you play 40k, and while you're at port, you hang out with your family and 40k friends. I think the important thing to ask you guys here is there a reason Frontline is trying to circumvent international law by only playing 40k in international waters? <laughs> Starting with you, Evan. Well, so, um, I am in the Navy, so you're not going to get me to go to sea just to play. <laughs> Uh, 40k. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to do that Monday through Friday. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but uh, they're probably uh, getting around all those hotel restrictions on bringing your your uh, own booze, preventing people from doing it. You're now stuck with uh, what the ship has. Yeah, Danny, what do you see in the 2022 ITC rule set that doesn't that needs to be in, in like international waters? Well, I think you can solve the booze problem. Hopefully, hopefully you've purchased the wristband uh, that allows yeah. you to get free boots, right, um, for the entire cruise. If you haven't, that was a rookie mistake. And uh, may God have mercy on your soul. Um, I think basically, uh, basically the time clock rules are inhumane, and so that's why they have to go into in international waters in order to enforce those. Yeah. So yeah. when your opponent asks you to use a time clock on the cruise hammer, you don't have to use one because you're not nope. a part of any law. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some laws, John, but yeah, mostly then, that's true. Well, because of the implication. And when you call for a judge over uh, <laughs> and, the, and the judge gives you a ruling, you can just say, hey, buddy, we're in international waters. We're in no jurisdiction right now. <laughs> Do what I want. Yeah. I want Take this to Admiralty Court. <laughs> 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 amazing uh but yeah guys definitely check it out cruise hammer coming one of the most unique tour tournament experiences of the year and you can spend your whole time playing 40k and then still spend time with your family uh, on one of the wonderful drops when they, they dock at several cool places in the yeah game. john you know what's better than playing 40k on a boat drinking on a boat while playing being 40K. a super hungover in a really sunny place and that's what you have to look forward to on a cruise so like i just want to tell people um get excited though because you're gonna have a great time you're gonna have a great time despite your hangover uh you just power on through you start drinking again immediately and uh the cruise is gonna be great you won't even be sick i you think what's exciting time. to realize is that the people going will definitely not be in their like 30s to early 40s yeah. absolutely will not be at a point where hangovers are crippling to them um, <laughs> and then everyone can just have a great time um i love it here <laughs> so Evan, uh, now you've created some of your favorite memes from us from, from Sepulchre of Heroes. Uh, I'm gonna have you just take them through, take uh, take us through them, um, and then we're gonna just talk about some things from 40k that, that we're seeing right now. Uh, so Tricky Dick, bring up the first one here, Evan. What are we seeing? Uh, so this, uh, I did this one when uh, Warhammer Adventures came out. It was a, a part of a series, but but placing placing the kids and the adventures they'd be having. Um, throughout the, the Warhammer Adventures universe, as you can see, we're there fighting alongside uh, Imperial Fists and, and Ultramarines, saving. It would the be galaxy. the worst. Like, Imperial <laughs> Fists would be 
Yeah, the worst chapter to go upside with Imperial Fist is they'll be killed yeah. to a man defending those children. The, the funny thing there is the, the Jokero is actually probably the most competent thing in the picture, to be honest. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, think those kids are safe? <laughs> eh, safe as they're going to be. Safe enough. Uh, Devin, what's your opinion on the Warhammer Adventures novel series? Uh, so I've actually... Uh, I do have small kids, and I have read them with my kids. Uh, Were you horrified I, when the Necron liquidated someone in the pages? Uh, wait, I think the 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 disappointment is my son likes the Age of Sigmar ones far more. That's oh, the, no. that's the, I don't know how to how to get him off that. But someone did hand me a free Dominion box at uh, at Adepticon, like no joke. Walking through the hallways, they said do you want this? And I said, yes. And so I got that to look forward with him. But uh, Warhammer Adventures is, uh, they're fun for kids. I and mean, it's better than some of the other stuff that is targeted as age group. Mm-hmm. For sure. Danny, what was your opinion like when Warhammer Adventures was announced as kind of being uh, targeted at the, the kind of tween, like nine to 12 year old audience? Well, you know, John, it's perfect because there really wasn't an appropriate way to introduce this extremely addictive hobby to kids at a, <laughs> at a very young age and indoctrinate them into want to buy purchasing uh, these super expensive models. So I'm really glad to see that we can start them young or start them early, start them for a long time. I'm sure the cigarette companies are really jealous. You're taking notes from what you know he's doing. Like, I know because I, I have kids too and I, I picked up the books for them. And I was like reading the the memes and the comments about how they're gonna ruin Warhammer and how it's just gonna be like oh they slapped each other and things like that. And then like a third of the way into reading the first book, like literally someone gets liquefied by a Necron gauze rifle. Awesome. And you're like, awesome. Oh, okay, it's, it's pretty cool. It's it's kind of how it is. I, Guys, the, is this the? Sorry, go. Uh, as the only thing that annoys me is uh, how cavalier they are with warp travel, and there's no navigators like. That angers me as I read the books personally. <laughs> Where's the blind slave with his third eye? <laughs> um, guys, how does GW restock the gamers? Like I made a joke earlier that like a, a lot of the, the player base is like 30s and 40s. It's an aging demographic, has been for some time. Are young adventure novels like this the best way to restock the the, the kind of player base, or is there something else? Uh, starting with you, Danny, because I keep going to Evan for the hard ones first. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I think that this is a great uh, supplementary method to doing this. I think that you have to attack by multiple vectors uh, if you want to try and entice the, these to get this young blood into the hobby. Because uh, let's be honest, like the tactile, uh, like physical games are probably not pushed on them quite as much as uh uh like video games and other forms of media so dude i'm excited about this like i think uh like this and some animated like kind of like clone war stuff would be really great um uh yeah i'd like to see uh an attack from all fronts mm-hmm. evan you have kids like how do you share the hobby like what do you think would be great ways for you to introduce them and kind of bring them up into this this awful thing that we do It'd be cool going back to what we're saying about Warhammer Plus. If they had a Warhammer Adventures show or series for them mm-hmm. um, that I could share with them, um, because you know they're always wanting to watch things on YouTube and stuff like that, and there's really no accessible digital media for them. And if we really wanted them to grab 
digital media. Um, if that's what they're into, then there should be a way to reach out to them. Uh, I, and I, they've painted uh, some models. They, they get to do that. And, you know, it could be any models, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they like, they like playing around with terrain and stuff when I, when I have that out. So just yeah. let them, I also, uh, they don't use them so much anymore, but on the back of my Titanicus things, they had full scale. So I cut them out and glued them to a popsicle stick, and they did them like shadow puppets with, with, <laughs> with Titanicus, nice. and it was awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> super cool. Yeah. See now, if GW watches the show, if in seven months White Dwarf comes with cutout titans and popsicle sticks as a part of their their free things here, um, okay. Uh, and then, uh, as Joel Ike is letting us know. They got a TikTok to get the youths. <laughs> <laughs> got a TikTok. It's true. It's true. It's and and I refuse. Uh, I'm too old. Uh, anyway, Evan, uh, our next one here. Uh, I love this one personally. Go ahead and tell us about this one. Uh, I just I think I saw it in a different context. Just something you your music saved me, and it was like something wholesome. And I was like obviously it's a noise marine like it just <laughs> clearly sometimes sometimes i just see another format and i go how can i adapt that and that's what how can i ruin this with warhammer? how can how can i ruin this with warhammer exactly and if if you don't find a drugged out 80s glam band rock eight foot super warrior awesome then i don't know I don't know what will save you, to be honest. You're a loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're beyond saving. You uh, probably yell wog. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this is for you and for the chat. Um, what is the best music to game to? Like, if you were having a game of 40K, what is the best music to listen to during that? Starting with you, Danny. Oh, um, Man, this is a great question, John. I really have to think about this. Uh, I would say for me, uh, I'm going to like some kind of uh, 80s synthwave music. That's really going to get me going. Um, It's going to really put me in the mindset uh, that Games Workshop was when they created the 40K setting in the first place. Um, So uh, you know what else I really like is some some good old Enya. When I'm when I'm when I'm playing 40k, uh, if I can move to some more Noco, like something else, yeah, give give me give me that all day long and uh, Chumbawamba. <laughs> Danny, <clears throat> I don't want to I don't want to say this is a joke based on an experience uh, I had playing Taylor of uh, Taylor from the show, um, where we were screaming at like. The way we have fun during a 40k, we scream at each other. It's pretty yeah. fun. We just insult each other, and the TO would come over to be like. Hey guys, you, you got to calm down a little bit. You're being a little too loud. Very similarly to the Orc Wa, except we were calling each other massive assholes and fools and clowns. Um, so, in order to calm us down, I pulled out my iPhone, pulled up Spotify, and I, I put an Anya song on repeat and put my phone on the center of the table. And when the TO came back over, I was like, it's cool, man. We're listening to Anya now. <laughs> Did that work? Yes, just to turn Anya down, but it, it sort of worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one has ever said that ever. No one has ever said that. So congratulations. <laughs> you listening to Anya too loud. Uh, Evan, what's your favorite music to game to? Uh, I You can never go along with a classic, like a movie score track in the background, like every yeah. hobby shop does, like Lord of the Rings or just anything Hans Zimmer. But I mean, 
you know, good, that eighties, that eighties stuff, you know, put Pandora on tears for fears radio and you'll just get eighties <laughs> for days. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Um, here we go. Uh, let's go to our next one here. Uh, chat, you can get in on this too. Um, take us through this one here. This is a longer one here. Uh, Good old fashioned meme. Uh, why don't you read the text to us and kind of tell us what you were thinking about this one? Uh, so I did this one when the ITC uh, came out with their uh, new code of conduct. I got to zoom in here to see it on the screen a little better. Yeah, we have uh, here. Um, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, we have dice infraction, yellow card. Late list submission, yellow card. Disagree with the judge, yellow card. Call for a judge to come to your table, believe it or not yellow card yeah it's just there was so many yellow card things and just everybody was coming up with with their their own infractions i i i think it's great that they actually came out with it but just just had to run with it you know like i said the community runs off salt right so yeah whatever true. comes out you got to be salty about it so evan starting with you what is something that should be an instant yellow card at the table that isn't right now if you're not wearing deodorant like <laughs> like that's that's close yeah. to red card man but but if you did not have the decency to bathe um like go fix that you know paper towels in the bathroom clean under there put on some uh some deodorant and come back and you're on the clock while we do it <laughs> yeah, it's on your clock buddy go power. uh danny what is aside from the, the the awesome deodorant comment what is something that should be a yellow card in the game yeah right not now? wearing shoes at the table Oh, um, and I'd like to. Dick <laughs> in the background is like real mad at me right now. Um, so, but <laughs> I think my my favorite memory, one of my favorite memories from doing Grim After Dark here for the past like nine ten months, is when we shat on what we thought was Mark Perry for not wearing shoes. In yeah, the bed. I know. He often does, and we got this like little message being like, "Yeah, that 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 was Dicky." And I'm like, "Oh, you monster." And this, by the way, I'd like to say to Evan, this meme is golden. Like, uh, I don't care what Salty John has said in the chat, like that you have trash memes. This meme is great. Um, I, I really appreciate it. It's from the classic Parks and Rec episode um, where dignitaries are visiting from Venezuela and want to make sure that Leslie Nope will say that Hugo Chavez is a great man. Do I have to move away from Seinfeld memes into Parks and Rec? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Maybe. Um, guys, what's your take on the current judging system? Evan, you mentioned like a while ago they introduced a code of conduct and kind of things. How is the current judging system in competitive 40K for you? Uh, seeing as I'm a mid to bottom table scrub, I don't usually interact with the judges that, that much. Uh, and as a fellow <laughs> mid-bottom table scrub, they get real mad when you ask them to interact because they're like, buddy, your game means literally nothing. Uh, yeah. Just roll it <laughs> off and have fun. Uh, I I feel like whenever I do have to get a judge to interact, um, I'm probably already having a pretty bad game with a pretty bad <laughs> opponent because that's usually how I solve things. So if I have to ask for them, it's something, something's not fun. Yeah, Danny. As a non-mid table scrub, uh, what's your thought? Oh, let's not get excuse crazy, you. Bro. You were best general 2022 tau tipping. Uh, we covered this in the intro. That is not scrub level. Best general. Yeah, is I, I I got best general uh, at a 
like 32 person grand tournament i am just just a stellar player john with tau yeah with pre-nerf tau at a tournament you did really well at shooting at things but how do you feel like the current system is do you think it does enough do you think it doesn't go far enough well john as as an opponent of a gentleman who received the yellow card in my first game at lvo from salty john no less um i can tell you that it doesn't go far enough we need to get these cheaters. We need to kick them in the butt. We need to get them out of the game. It's really important that uh, everybody is uh, playing by the rules. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want any mercy. I don't want a redemption arc. Maybe later on, but definitely not at the moment, and not at the table. And, and Champ Popo, uh, tout tipping as the premier uh, GT event <laughs> for early April. Uh, in the Pacific true. Northwest, it's true. Uh, which is a 32-person GT that Daddy won at Best General at a few a few weeks ago there. And again, uh, guys, mobilize. Let them know your opinion. Danny should have blanket powers to issue yellow cards to ensure he has a fun look, time throughout. Yeah, his guys, event. look, I'm a fun I'm a fun person, and it, and honestly, like I'm always right about the rules. So it's really important <laughs> that I'm able to yellow card my opponents with impunity. Um, and I'm just going to make the game a better place, guys. I'll police it myself. I'll do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just hand me a stack of yellow cards, and I'll just uh, I'll make it rain on these cheaters, yeah, guys. I'll do for it. Sure. And Salty John and Chad, just realize how much time that saves you at some events where you really don't want to yeah. interact with Danny. It's true. Uh, okay, let's move on to our, our next theme here. Well, what are we seeing here, Evan? <laughs> this was uh, <laughs> so <laughs> ninth edition. <laughs> Was heading okay. off the rails. Just, just, right? just, kind of just to give you some hint here is uh, for for the podcast listener. If you couldn't see this meme, uh, what are we looking at here? So, so what we're looking at here is um, the oh, what's the the show? I I draw Pond Stars. Pond Stars. Yeah, Pond Stars. That's it. So the, it's the you know best I can do for you meme. And so at the begin top it says players, can you release all the factions for ninth edition? And then GW best i can do for you is accelerate rules bloat and then it's a screenshot from the warhammer community uh of them announcing seasons so uh yeah we we things were going off the rails so we decided to just make it go off the rails even faster semi-annually quarterly who knows (laughs) yeah Evan, what's your thoughts on Warhammer Seasons? When it came out, it seems to be kind of a thing like, hey, we're listening to you, we're doing this. What's your take on Warhammer Seasons? Uh, I think season. I would rather them just focus on writing their codices well and balancing them. I think if you're there, because they have a rolling release for those, and now you're trying to come out with like changing the game on top of that. Uh, and you're they're having trouble just maintaining a basis right now. Let's get let's get in a stable place before we start regular campaign books. I Do guess. you think? My, and this is sort of like a bizarre thing to say, uh, especially kind of how, like how the the player base has been so vocal in the past that they're, they're updating the game too much now. Uh, in some ways, like I think the the campaign books or the some of these extra things, I don't mind the yearly GT pack. I don't think the codices coming out at the rate they've been coming out. Uh, the problem is when you're releasing Vigilus and all these other Warzone, Cardon, and things on top of it, and armies of renown. When like you didn't even see what Admech can do, and all of a sudden you make them better 
<laughs> like, or you have Crusher Stampede coming out though before you even have the Codex come out, and <laughs> so. Um, but uh, there was a to me it was kind of a revealing thing. I was talking with a, a rep at LVO. He said the design studio doesn't think in additions. Um, I don't know what really to read in that, but uh, maybe they I should. Bet when that rep, <laughs> they thought yeah. that was like a super deep statement. Like, hey man, we don't think in additions. Yeah. You think in this movie, you're like, oh no, that's really concerning. <laughs> yeah, like your customer base does, and they play that way. Maybe you should consider it when you uh, when you write rules. <laughs> yeah. well, Danny, what, what's your take on Evan? This? They're clearly playing the game wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> it's their game, not our game. <laughs> hey, read a, read a allow it that rep, and you know how they're playing the game. Danny, yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of talk, Danny, about rules bloat being kind of a big thing right now. I don't think we're quite in the the dying days of seventh when it was at its worst, in my opinion. Uh, but how do you solve rules bloat? Because we have these books coming out, we have things that need to happen to them, we have people wanting new, fresh things, uh, we have the company obviously wanting to sell more items to make more money. But how do you solve the the bloat that comes along with that? Well, I mean, I think you have to try and keep the game fresh, and that's that's important. Uh, it's hard to do without releasing some kind of supplement uh, or like changes to the missions. So, I think probably when they say season, I hope that means a year and not six months. But we'll see. Uh, I and like ideally, you're not making people carry around a bunch of extra books. So. I think maybe like instead of campaign books, maybe a better move is to do like one season book with, if you wanted to add some additional rules for that season for an army, like mm -hmm. I think that that might be reasonable to add it to that book um, or release them online so that people aren't having to cart around a bunch of extra information all the time and they can have that digitally. Also, you know, just releasing the rules in a digital format, I think would go a long way in, in, in increasing their ability to keep up with um, changes in the rules. And also players wouldn't have to lug around like a million books. I think that's important too. Yeah. Digital books when? And chat's letting us know they need their IP taken away. Too late. I have it right here. It's, it's <laughs> got him. Got him. I got your IP. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move on to our next one here. Uh, this is one of my personal favorites. Uh, Take through what we're seeing here. So this one um, is a, uh, Book of Boba Fett came out, so uh, try to keep it relevant. Um, Terrible, to, show, not just not That's just what's going on. In how anti forty k? Yeah. So here uh, you have the scene where you have the sheriff and his deputy, and then Cad Bane shows up, and so the sheriff is a casual player, and his deputy is the meta. Cad Bane shows up as the Tau. So I did this when Tau came out, and he blows away the meta, and then it says. Um, you know, the sheriff got shot too. It says he might survive, but only because the Tau player allowed it. So maybe casual players can play Tau casually if someone's bringing, you know, not a full-on Montka, Montka list. You know, <laughs> if your Tau player has Vespids in his army, you might have a fun game. Whoa. <laughs> <Another> <laughs> Danny, you disagree. No, man. Every time I play against Meth, he's always bringing all these Vespids, so you know that that's not true. I okay, never have a fun game against that guy. 
Um, how is the game uh, for the casual player just now? Because we talk a lot about kind of like the top tables and the balancing and like the, the top of LVO being a lot of custodes and kind of the tournaments being like all Harlequins. For your casual player, how is 40k right now? Uh, so I think they just did those Tempest of War cards, which I've only heard people raving about. Um, they're super that cool. They're having, that they're having a lot of fun. I haven't got a chance to check them out yet, but I imagine they're a lot like the Titanicus cards, if anyone plays that. so. Um, I, I will say, hey, uh, thanks for that wonderful uh, preview copy allowing us to advertise at GW. We really enjoyed the Tempest of War cards. Uh but uh, they, they, they have kind of the good features of the open war deck of the last edition and kind of mission setup, but without the, the random annoyingness where you would pull an open war card and like, oh, you get points for killing psychers, and you're like, well, I'm Black Templar. Or um, you have random points for casting a psychic power, and you're like, well, I'm Black Templar, so, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I played uh, the... I did the LVO narrative, actually. I went there, and it was fun. Um, but people really have to understand when they're playing in a casual environment because we did have a game where someone brought like a carbon copy GT, the, the LVO second place custodes list in the LVO narrative. And that was terrible. And it, you're already playing a mission not designed to be competitive on top of that. And like, just, just not fun. Uh <laughs> well, here's a great question brought up by chat for, for both of here, starting with, with Danny. Um, Tanya, the War Mistress says, uh, says, I'm not sure you can play casually. Is 40k a game you can play casually right now? Yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't like that as a statement. Uh, I guess maybe, like, I'd need further clarification to argue against that. But, like, I mean, I think you can play 40k super casually if you want to but you have to have a mutual understanding of what the goals of the game are between the two opponents so i think that's important to talk about either before you show up to the table um or at the table before you start playing and you have like a miniature collection with you so you can play play games mm -hmm. like that i think uh situations like crusade and things like that especially if the understanding if there's a if there's a good understanding between the players of like what kind of event or what kind of campaign you want to have um i think that that allows you to uh, uh i think that allows you to have a casual game of 40k mm -hmm. i will say this is like uh was the independent characters was a podcast that got me like really back into 40k but one of my least favorite parts of it was the the bit every episode when they they said that you had to have a conversation with your opponent and kind of thing it's an awful thing to say but it's true you have to set those expectations down and and poor job on that guy the narrative evan who came with like and i apologize tyler but a dick stomping list to a fun event it's kind of knowing the expectation a dick <laughs> i know but if i say it that way his ears are going to perk up and it's funnier um evan how important is the casual player to, to warhammer forty thousand? uh i think he's very important i think Every day, more games of 40K and Fantasy and Age of Sigmar and all that are paid, played in people's garages and basements and random game stores than happen in the weekend at every RTT combined. Like, mm -hmm. like every day it's that. And most of your people are buying miniatures and get out, you know, funding them to just go play once every month, every other month against their friend. Like, that's most of 40k. I, in my 
experience and meeting people and just seeing it. Um, we're all super passionate into it and we see the meta and we follow it, but your average person playing it, um, you know, that guy who shows up at the, his first tournament ever, he's only played garage hammer before that. And he's probably mm -hmm. at least played for six months at that point to go to a tournament. So it's important. Yeah, here, here's an interesting take from chat here. Uh, the idea that uh, players to have a competitive license that must be renewed every codex. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit too often. Um, but take a digital test to keep the card. You can't compete without knowledge of all armies. No comp license equals filthy casual. Oh, I see this now. This is sarcastic. I love Perfect. it. <laughs> Do you think there should be some kind of split, though? Because we are starting to see sort of the Art of War guys, like Podium Every Tournament. We're seeing kind of... Uh, the same names kind of growing to the top. Should there be like a, a pro circuit and an amateur circuit for 40KM? Uh, I, we saw those pro tabletop guys start that a while back. I don't know if there should be a pro circuit uh, because I don't, as great as the game is, I love it. And as fun as it is competitively, it's not an inherently balanced game. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense in the same sense of pro poker mm -hmm. circuit uh makes but um I, I i don't have a problem with these guys that play it constantly podium going to the podium every time um because that's what they do you know anyone can practice and play it a lot it's just how much are you willing to to put mm -hmm. into it danny what's your thoughts on that on a pro circuit yeah um, I don't know. I think I don't like, honestly, I'm still think I, I feel like we're still kind of figuring out what the demand is to this game post COVID. So I'm kind of leery of starting anything new right now. Um, maybe when we see like, maybe when there's actually like a, like multiple thousand person tournaments, I feel like, I think that maybe we can start talking about having a pro circuit. I just don't think there's enough people for it yet. Yeah. Fair. Um, guys, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, this was, uh, and I keep saying this for all of them because I love them, but this one spoke to me completely, uh, this next meme that you sent me. Uh, the Forge World Directions. Evan, take us through it. Uh, I, so it says Forge World Directions. <laughs> it's for older kits. You have to have gotten an older uh, kit, and I probably could have selected a much better complex kit, but I did this one in a moment of rage when I bought six of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it says Forge World Directions, step one, parts. It's the front of the sheet that they used to send you. And step two, fucking Rhino. Because um, that's what their directions used to be. Is It was the parts, the resin parts, and then it was the complete model um, from several angles. What made this one more frustrating is it had been like seven years since I built a Rhino, and there's, there's a plastic and combined resin part and trying to like okay so when should i put the I, I figured it out i've been doing this long enough but like i think i had to rip one apart that i started gluing because i put the resin in place before the plastic or something and i'm like oh god please don't set please don't break this thing i spent way too much money on i think um, this this, this <laughs> spoke to me particularly because i assembled the forge world war boss and war bike where the instructions for that model are literally just a picture of the finished model with <laughs> here it is figure it out and like when i finished building it there were like four parts left over and i looked at it and i'm like that's yeah, fine 
Um, Dude. Danny, what, what's the worst model kit you've ever assembled? Any game system. All right. So I have to say, I think it's a, so it's, it's a catapult. I can tell you that right now. And whether it's the Screaming Skull Catapult from the Tomb Kings range or the Bretonian Trebuchet, both of those models require you to have three hands because you had to simultaneously like hold two disparate pieces together with multiple other spars in between those pieces and have the glue set and have it be straight. Like awful. Just awful. <laughs> like Is that hardly you go to your don't wife? And when you go to your wife, like, hey, baby, come here. Like, oh, you want to spend time with me? Like, hey, if you want to hold here and here. <laughs> Let me here. glue your fingers to this model. <laughs> Evan, what is the worst kit you've ever put together? I think the the one I still remember, and I don't even know if it's the, the worst, but I remember having the most frustration in a kit. Um, this was back in, like, fourth edition. Uh, my brother got into it. He was my younger brother. And he picked Tyranids, and I had to help him and build his Metal Hive Tyrant. And that, I I was enraged at at that. And that was also when I was new, so I didn't, like, know about pinning as well and things like that. So just trying to get, like, the super glue to hold this thing together, it was... It was not a, a fun experience. I'm honestly surprised I'm still in the hobby after doing that. <laughs> Let a 15-year-old John guide you around the model. Egram Van Horseman, a Chaos Lord Ooh. for Warhammer Fantasy Battle, who was a three-piece dragon body with two heads with the jaw separate. All metal, apart from the plastic wings, of course, because, of course, the wings are plastic. The body is fine. Yeah, why not? Um, you need to have an advanced degree in metal welding uh, to put that model together in a way that it won't fall apart when you uh, look at it funny. It was you know, John, we had a local guy uh, to us who used to solder metal models for, uh, for oh, a fee. And he was good enough at soldering them? to do that. That's he soldered the models. That's crazy. Yeah. Look how much reach across. Hey, let's go to the next one here before Danny and I to ja to fall into arguing about how I pronounce words again. What are we looking at here? <laughs> uh, this was just a, a recent one. Of, this is one of those. I see the format someplace, and I go, "How can I? How can I change that for Warhammer?" Uh, so it, it's a comic. Um, you know, there's this guy going, "Welcome to heaven." Here's our Warhammer Forty Thousand collection. The one dude's really excited. He goes over. And he's like, "Wait, they're all Primaris lieutenants." And the the guy welcoming him, it turns out, take it off a mask says, "Ha ha, psych." Uh, so that really the motivation for that was just there's there's a million lieutenants that's the joke uh, everybody gets it um, I came up I think they're really pushing lieutenants because they're turning off a lot of reroll to hit buffs but not so many reroll to wound buffs no. right they really they really want you to buy those lieutenants is really what it is <laughs> that's my tinfoil hat. Yeah, they're, they're one of GW, <laughs> they were one of GW's first kind of recur recurring memes they did when Warhammer Community launched. Um, Evan, what are some of your favorite uh, recurring GW bits that, that they put out there? Uh, I, 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 I liked when they did, I don't know if it's recurring, but it was a Sigmar one, unfortunately, but when he was like, not another um, uh, 
chamber and he's like to hell i can't that was a that was a really good one um, uh for recurring bits i i don't know how but how often they do recurring yeah bits. uh that's totally fair and then danny to make it easier on you what is your favorite bit uh from warhammer community over the last couple of years my favorite recurring bit from warhammer community is james workshop um I, the guy does just a fantastic impression of yes. the of the boss character from the it crowd and uh i'm really i'm really proud that they've kept up that for uh, quite some time it's just amazing hopefully he doesn't get duncan when his contract comes up from renewal Me, i hope so um uh, let's move on to our next one here uh this is a great classic <laughs> so this is a. Uh... It's the Pepperidge Farm Remembers meme. Uh, and so this was coming out when I, a recent release here where another thing had a, a five plus invul and just so many things have invulnerable saves now. So it's a Terminator on him. Remember when a five plus invulnerable save was special, Terminator Farms remembers. I remember, you guys remember when power armor used to mean you weren't open topped in vehicles? Like power yep. armor was special. And. <laughs> And it isn't any right. Like you pull space marines, you pull terminators like crazy now. <laughs> well, I will say with last week's balanced data slate coming out, are we back in a time where power armor, where terminators are special again? With some armies, uh, terminators are now the best units in their books. Uh, I think it, it was a great thing. Um, I think it's awesome that it um, it does make power armor feel like something special again it's not like other like craft worlds didn't get it for units with their three plus save it's it's power armor is a little bit more um it's adding some of that granularity that um mm -hmm. you can't get so like i was talking one thing um with the way the stats have gone you can go above 10 and all these things but the problem is a save is stuck on a two to six it's stuck there. And I think this is a nice way to add in a little bit of granularity and it does make them feel a little bit special. <sighs> Hilariously, they completely forgot fallen Astartes though. They don't. Maybe they shouldn't have fallen. It would be yeah, so simple. No. Uh, Daddy, what was your take on like real quick on, on armor of contempt as kind of a role in there? It's hot, man. It's hot. I played uh I played a game with uh, 35 Deathwing Terminators the other day, and uh, I took like 1,500 points of Tau shooting to the face, <laughs> and I lost five. <laughs> nice. So uh, that feels pretty good. I don't know. Nice. And the War Mistress led us know it's so special. Power Armor and Chaos Cultist Rags, uh, which hilariously <laughs> right now still get the, the Rags of Contempt rule, I should guess. Uh, and then, well, almost writing us out here, uh, Evan, this next one you sent me on a separate folder away from the standard memes. Um, special <laughs> you, Reserve, John. Special Reserve, uh, Sepulture of Heroes meme. Uh, we have this one here. You seem super proud of your Krieg memes. This is uh, 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 a picture of Krieg horsemen uh, riding ponies, hashtag just Krieg things. Where does this love of Krieg come from? Uh, they're just a cool faction. <laughs> I... I really like them as guard. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people do, uh, and they are memeable. This was, there's actually part of, there's like, I did like 12 of those just all together, making fun of the just girl things and just applied <laughs> it to Krieg. So there were so many situations and there's so much great fan art and official art of Krieg. Uh, I, they're just cool. I, I'm 
fascinated in history by World War One. On top of that, like mm-hmm. like everybody's into World War Two and Civil War, but like to me, World War One's like the most fascinating uh, in terms of like recent history before without getting to ancient. And they just they evoke that. Um, they're really cool and they're highly memeable, and people react to it because everybody else likes it. Yeah, for sure. And then it got. Guys, make it happen. Hashtag Hot Creek Summer. Uh, it's going to happen here. Uh, you're you're debating a, a new meme uh, here on the show before we round it out here. Why don't you take Ooh. us through this newest creation of yours? Exclusive. Uh, no, uh, that not that one. The next thing, the that, next that's one. my. There we go. That was yeah. my cool. That was my cool <laughs> ending pick. Spoilers. So um, <laughs> I made this, sent it to you guys. I haven't put it up on the show, but it was a, a talking and conversation with a, a friend earlier. Um, and uh, so Doug's Doug's the only other guy that's seen it. But um, so we were talking um, and making jokes. Uh, what can men do su- against such reckless mathematics? Uh, and then this came out of it because there's there's the new ability giving transhuman to knights and we said you know one day when the courage of men uh may fail uh but it's not this day and then it's the new guard rule all these auto <laughs> so it goes back to that one of them killing a titan earlier yeah. like statistically a squad of guardsmen is more likely to do a wound to a knight i'm not saying kill the knight but do a wound than a shadow sword will with its volcano cannon like, because you're going to get the dice, you're going to get the sixes. I will miss with the volcano cannon, and that's, or I will roll one to, you know, I'll roll a three to wound on a strength 16 gun, and I won't do anything. Yeah, I'm real excited for nice to come out. Not so excited anymore after guard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, just to finish off here, sometimes comedy content and meme creators such as yourself get the sort of feedback we see here in your last meme uh, that was previewed earlier by Superstar Producer. Um, <clears throat> here it says, uh, it's the, the classic two reality show girls screaming at a cat, where people say, people commenting Sepulture of Heroes is just posting memes to be salty, and you having a shocked reaction face. <laughs> do, you, do you think you're salty uh, towards the Warhammer game? Oh, I, I can get salty. Um, like I said, I'm in the Navy, so I, I can get particularly salty about a lot of things very easily, very fast. But it's and the, for Warhammer, to me, it's all good fun. I've been doing Sepulchre for uh, over a decade as a blog. And for like, I, I think I did the math like two or three months ago. I've averaged about a meme every three days since I started just doing memes on the Facebook Man, that's like the Pacific meme, uh, the specific rim meme, where they're like, first it was one meme a week, and then it was one meme every five days. Yeah. Um, so you give you give the people because that's that's what people are going to engage with too. Like, you got to know your audience. Yeah. So I, I give them what they want. Yeah, for sure. Or, Danny, are you, are you not entertained? Danny, is salt. Uh, healthy for the hobby like is a little bit of salt healthy for your view of the hobby as a whole well you know john just like in the natural world 40k players like to congregate at salt licks and that gives them vital nutrients that they need in order to deal with the problems of their life (laughs) i don't know why Every time you start a statement, and it's happened more recently with, well, you know, John, just, 
<laughs> it instantly breaks me and make me lose my place entirely here. Um, it's going to be for, for, for both you guys here, starting with Danny. Uh, what does the future of Warhammer look like to you? Oh, <laughs> grim. Grim. I should have ended with you because that was a really good closing bit. Uh, Evan, uh, what what's the future of Warhammer? I, do I have to say dark? Yeah, <laughs> contractually, yes. Well, now you do. Jeez. Uh, I we say grim dark, but uh, I hope uh, we are getting we're seeing more engagement. Everybody remembers the Tom Gerby days where there was like zero actual engagement right. from Games Workshop. So. Uh, as long as they stay roughly on that path, uh, I think I think it'll be good. Uh, and they're making kick-ass models now. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, yeah, things are just getting better and better. Like, like realistically, like the models are better. I think the rules are more flavorful than they've ever been in, in like ever in the history of this game. Um, which is rad, even though there's a lot of them. Um, I think that like the armies feel like the armies they're supposed to be for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Evan, thank you so much for your time. Go ahead and let everyone know where to find you if they like more of this. Uh, so if you like the memes, follow us on Sepulchre Heroes on Facebook. If you don't like the memes, follow him on Sepulchre and Heroes on Facebook. Yeah, I, I would appreciate that. I do share them a lot. And I intentionally don't watermark them so that people don't feel bad about stealing them and everything. I like seeing ones I created from 10 years ago pop up or not 10, but you know, it, it's great <laughs> to see them out there in the wild. Um, and I feel watermarks can ruin that. Uh, but we're on Facebook. Uh, I do have a blog spot that I've been terrible through COVID about blogging on regularly. It's just a lot of effort. Um, but we are there. Uh, you can find the podcast, which is probably just more of a a lot like this show. It's just four guys goofing around. Oh, God, I'm um, so sorry. You can find <laughs> that um, <laughs> uh, on all the major surfaces. It's called Allies of Inconvenience, um, and we put it up there. It's uh, and then uh, you can follow my hobby content, Sepulchre Heroes, on Instagram. I feel like I'm a decent painter, so. I, appreciate a follow there i mean i did i try not to brag but i did get a finalist pin at golden demon so nice oh like, yeah man i like to think i i can at least i'm not a winner but i entered something and it got a pin so i'm at least well, decent <laughs> i'm excited for the the commission part of the fee for appearing in the show to show up on my doorstep um evan <laughs> thank you so much guys Next week, Danny and I will be back. Um, we'll be joined by one of Frontline Gaming's own blog writers. Uh, and Evan, thank you so much for looking back at the last week in the Warhammer community. Uh, my name is John. That's been Danny. And it's been pretty grim after dark.